0: Hi, welcome to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist. My name is Tiet Helimets and I am a principal dancer at San Francisco Ballet. This podcast series of Meet the Artist interviews is your chance to get to know us, the dancers, musicians, designers, and choreographers at SF Ballet as we discuss our lives, the process in a studio, performances on stage, and more. Join us for Meet the Artist interviews live and in person at the Opera House before Friday and Sunday performances. Or tune in all season long to hear podcast recordings of San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist interviews. Enjoy.
1: Good evening. Welcome to Meet the Artist at San Francisco Ballet. My name is Lynn Eve Kamarami. I am the Senior Director of Individual Giving at the Ballet, and I'm so pleased to welcome you back uh, for our 90th season and the Next at 90 Festival of New Work. Tonight, you're going to be seeing the second program of Next at 90, which commemorates our 90th uh, anniversary season. Helgi Thomason commissioned nine artists to create the new works, including Bridget Briner, who is the artistic director of the We'll test my German. Badisch Staatsballet Karlsruhe. Breiner's Ballet, The Queen's Daughter, is inspired by the biblical story of Salome and set to Benjamin Britten's Violin Concerto. And joining us tonight is Lynn Charles, who is assistant to the choreographer. Lynn is a formal principal dancer with John Neumeier and the Hamburg Ballet with Bejar Ballet Lausanne and principal permanent guest artist with English National Ballet. She is a professor of classical ballet and freelance guest teacher with major international ballet companies, including the English National Ballet, the Royal Danish Ballet, and right now San Francisco Ballet. Lynn is currently the ballet mistress of Badisch Stadztherter Karlsruhe in Germany. So welcome, Lynn. So I wanna get things started with um, talking about your long working relationship with Bridget Briner. Um, Can you tell us about your history with her and how you've worked together in the past?
2: Um, I first met Bridget in 2011 and she was taking over for the first time a new company and becoming a director and um, we had known each other because I worked in Hamburg and she worked in Stuttgart and we danced a lot of the same roles from Neumeyer and she learned them from videos from me so we already had as dancers a connection. And so when she started her company she asked me to come and teach for her. And um, so I came and taught and at that time when she started directing she was still dancing. And then I was there for a brief time but I had gone to China to work with the National Ballet of China. And while I was in China she called me and said, can you come back and be my permanent ballet mistress? So I said, okay, sure. So I've actually worked with her since she started. So it's like 12 years. I've been through all of her creations with her. And I also coached her while she was still, because in the first five years she was still dancing. She danced until she had her little boy and then she retired. So, in the beginning, I was there, her eyes, when she was actually on the stage. There was no one to watch the performance because she was dancing, so I was her eyes. And then that just continued. When she retired, I continued always being. Um, she said to her family at the night of the premiere that I was a different kind of eyes because even as a choreographer, she saw and felt things as a dancer. And I was able to help her interpret it in a way that other dancers could understand it. So that's been our thing.
1: Wonderful. So let's turn our attention to the Queen's Daughter. Um, As I mentioned, Helgi, commissioned these nine artists, and you and Bridget arrived here in September. Um, Can you share with us what that development process was like and what was
2: unique in the creation of the Queen's Daughter? Well, I think originally Bridget used some texts and she would take these texts and with the dancers together, create movement that symbolize the text. And then out of these movements make a fuller choreography. And then there is also the input of the dancer. And I think that for Bridget, this was a really interesting process because it was the first time she did not pick her own dancers. As a choreographer, normally you choose dancers that you relate to. She was given, as all the choreographers were, she was given a group of dancers and she had to use them. So it was a new challenge for her and I think it was incredible. Can you speak to what your
1: specific role was working with the principals?
2: So, usually working with Bridget, she likes to make choreography and I sit and listen to what the essence is she's looking for, the essence of the movement, the essence of what she's trying to say at this moment in the story. And then she says, okay, now you take care of it. And she passes it on to me to clean it, to fix it, and to help the dancers find their way in the movement. So that's basically what I do. And then when it's, all polished, it goes back to her, and then she adds another layer. You
1: were telling me that in the rehearsal room that Bridget kept telling everyone that the movement was archaic.
2: What do we think she meant by that? Okay, so we looked it up. Archaic um, is an old-fashioned style. It's an old-fashioned way of moving or speaking and I think in this ballet, because it is a biblical old-fashioned story, and she did not want to use the old-fashioned typical mime, she found specific movements that are a bit archaic, which Tell the story without actually having to literally say, cut off his head or, you know, kill them. And there is mime for that, but she wanted to stay away from that. So, there, even though I think it's very neoclassical, there is an archaic style to the ballet and to the costumes.
1: And where will the audience sort of see that in some of the movement
2: that you were describing to me? Well, I think the biggest thing is the so-called strip of Salome, where she, the dance of the seven veils, where she seduces the king. That happens, but it happens in a more physical and less... What's that word I'm looking for? I can only think of it in German. not realistic, but tangible. It's, you get, the, you get the meaning, but it's not so obvious. It's visceral. Yeah, yeah.
1: You were saying that uh, you were, that Bridget was given the cast, or two casts, and particularly with a narrative work like this, the dancers, um, and this is the beauty of live performance, right? is that the artists Im- can embody the role in really different ways. Um, can you speak to what you've observed with um, how the cast, each cast has sort of approached the piece and, and, and what it was like to work with the different principles um, in this
2: piece? The first cast is a more seasoned cast. They're all seasoned principal dancers. Can I mention their names? Yes. Uh, it's Sasha De Sola and Teet and uh, Wang Wei and um, Jennifer. These are all seasoned dancers. So taking on a dramatic ballet like this is something they're used to. And I think that What I like about this cast, I like about the second cast too, there is a chemistry between the four of them that's very special. And then the second cast is a younger cast, and they also have a very special chemistry between them. Uh, This is the cast you're gonna see tonight, and this is only their second performance. They did it last week. But they, I don't know, they just, they took the roles and they made it theirs. They didn't try to be like the first cast or take things from the first cast. They found their own way. And I think this was what was really nice about the piece, was that there was enough material, enough food to be eaten and digested differently by both casts. It was rich enough to feed two complete casts.
1: I think one of the challenges that you faced was the fact that it was a pretty brief period to develop this. I mean, it was just three weeks time, right? And then you went away and you come back and we're in Nutcracker. (laughs) Um, So in that three weeks time, can you talk about a little bit more what what that process was like from week to week? Because it, it wasn't like Bridget just came in with some set choreography,
2: right? It was, she was working with the artists. Yeah, it was all, it was all done here, all new, through the people with her together. It was really 50-50. Um, I think the second time now was more difficult because all the choreographers were here and they were working with all the dancers and every group was in three programs. So it was very hard and they were rehearsing all day and it was really tough. And so it's hard to, when you work in Germany it's a completely different system because before the premiere there are 10 days, you don't do anything else but Rehearsals, orchestra rehearsals, costume rehearsals, lighting rehearsals, and so it's very calm build-up. But here it was like we had rehearsals and then three days before the premiere, we didn't see them because they were premiering other ballets. So it's very different, but it was very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> That's art, it's yep. never the same, it's always different.
1: So this talk is Meet the is For you to meet the artists, and I want to open it up to questions for you because we will be wrapping up in another 10, 12 minutes, so I want to make sure I provide time for your questions. Yes, over here. So to repeat the question, you asked about um, Bridget Briner coming into the rehearsal hall with text and referring to the text, and can you expand a bit more on that?
2: Well, I think she took text from uh, Oscar Wilde and from the original play of Salome.
1: What was the most complicated part of the ballet to choreograph?
2: I think in the beginning, the most difficult thing was, but then I'm gonna give away the play. It had something to do with the set. I don't want to tell you what because I want the set to be a surprise. So, but it had to do with the concept of the plate that his head is on. <laughs> it's it, it's a beautiful set, oh.
1: and um, you know it, it's so different going from the rehearsal hall and then to the stage, and you're. Maybe talk a little bit about
2: the technical process of what happened when you moved onto the stage? Well, when we left in September, the concept of the play was totally different. Yeah. So it was, we left, Bridget especially, thinking, how am I gonna make that work? And then Jurgen, the designer, he's amazing. He's worked with Bridget Breiner since the beginning. Uh, he came up with a new concept, and it just made everything, just made it work. It was the key. I can't wait for you all to see it.
1: Yes. How will this ballet go on to other companies? How do we imagine that? All of them. (laughs) Well, I know that you, speaking for San Francisco Ballet, we often bring back ballet. So you may see some of these works back on our stage in the future. But as far as Bridget taking this elsewhere, I think, you know, that's to be determined. I, we have had artists from other companies coming in and seeing what's been happening here. You know, that everybody likes to sort of shop around and see what they might wanna see on their company and on their stages. So that's been exciting to see some of um, some of the artistic leaders from other companies coming in and to visit. Good question. Why aren't there more female choreographers? Do you have an answer for
2: that? Why, I don't know, but I think it, it is happening. I mean, for such a long time, the best choreographers were men. But everything's changing, and there are a lot of talented women out there now. They just need to get their chance. And in the festival, you see some incredible
1: choreography by women. Yes, there's uh, Yuka Oishi's Bolero, and there's Claudia Schreier's Kin, in addition to Bridget's piece. Yes. And Danny Rowe, there we go. Oh my God, I love Mac Cap. <laughs> Thank you. Any other questions? Yes, right here. So you wanna repeat the question? No, I got it. I think that no. But no. For the, for the oh. audience to hear. So she was asking um, with two different casts how do, and working so to independently, how do they collaborate with each other, maybe learn from each other during that artistic process?
2: Um, When Bridget um, set the piece, it was with the first cast. And the second cast, some of the second cast is in the first cast. So um, they watched, they learned, but when Bridget worked with the second cast, she changed, altered, adapted, and found This looks better on you. It's better if you do this like this. Um, I think you can't get more different than the two Salomés. One is very fair and blonde and light and Jasmine is very dark and beautiful and it's really different. And so she needed to find a way to make it work for both of them. That's the fun part about choreography is being able to adapt it for each new person.
1: When you choreograph a piece, how do you decide when it's successful?
2: My personal opinion, I'm not a choreographer. I'm just, I've been with her, watching her choreograph for 12 years. I think it's relative. Because everybody has different taste. Everybody's looking to be touched or moved in a different way. Some people love Balanchine, some people don't. Some people like Neumeier, some people do. Some people don't. I think if you just buy, go by what a critic says, that's not necessarily what the public feels. And sometimes you have a ballet that people love, but the critic didn't like it. I, I don't think you can say it's successful or not successful. I think a choreographer feels he did a good piece of work, or maybe this was a masterpiece for me. It was one of my best works. But I think it's all relative. I think that's what's wonderful about art is there's a place for everybody.
1: At Bridget's company in Germany, does she do more work like this that's narrative or more abstract contemporary?
2: She's done some, neoclassical, abstract pieces, but mostly story, Romeo and Juliet, Cinderella. Now I'm going to help her, she's going to make a new Maria Stewart. She likes Shakespeare, she likes story ballets.
1: So when you, with your history of working with Bridget and you refer to being her eyes for her when she was dancing, what did you mean being being her eyes. Can you explain that a little bit more?
2: Well, I think when she choreographs, she goes from a physical and an emotional sensation about the movement. But that doesn't necessarily always translate to somebody else. Do you understand what I mean? And so I'm able That's what I said before about the essence, to listen to what the essence is of what she's looking for or trying to achieve. And maybe I find other words that get it across better. That's why it's really important when you work with someone for a long time, then you get to know them and you can help them because you know their way their vocabulary. We have time for one last question, yes. Uh, the question was about how we were able to maintain ballet performances with all the difficulties of COVID oh, because it's affected so many performance, uh, not venues, what's um, live performances. So, I can't speak for the situation in America because I live in Germany, and I can only say that in Germany we were lucky that because theatres are all state, ballet companies are state-run, uh, and the government wants the performances filled and everything to happen, the COVID rules and regulations were unbelievably strong. Um, Distance being kept, uh, performances given to only a hundred people who had to sit spread out over a whole theater and classes that had to be done with four people in them. So all day long classes going, but we were still able to maintain performances, but under very difficult but we still danced.
1: And I can add here that we have a rigorous testing protocol and um, have been fortunate that we haven't had a major disruption of COVID since the time that we've reopened. So maintaining health uh, for performers, staff, the audience is a top priority for us. That brings us to the end, it goes by quickly. Um, I want to thank Lynn, for Charles, for spending this time with us and I wanna thank all of you for your generous uh, support. Uh, being back here in the auditorium, um, we, we welcome you back for the 90th season and I hope you enjoy tonight's performance. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for listening to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more about SF Ballet or to attend in-person Meet the Artist interviews and performances, visit sfballet.org. See you at the ballet.